0: Oh, well... Yeah. Time we talked, we were waiting on the championship game of the Maui invite. Purdue wins that. It's happy-happy through the weekend, right? Your Colts fans won yesterday. I mean, it's good times. Love where we're at right now. Uh, good show today. We got uh, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Your thoughts, as always, on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, 765-447-4080. Text him in to me, 765-447-4080. Phil's already hitting me up here with questions. We'll get to you, Phil. Don't you worry. We got you covered. But right now, uh, let's get started with our Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. And there's a lot of it. Let's start with the Colts, who took out the Bucs yesterday as uh, they went 27-20. Colts jumped out to a 17-3 lead in the second quarter. Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. He's starting to find his groove. That's, what, three in the last two games? It's his first multi-touchdown game of the season as well. And it's the first time he's scored in back-to-back games this season. So he had struggled coming back from IR, but yeah, ever since that Germany trip, it seems like uh, things are starting to click in terms of getting into the end zone. Just one TD in his first five games with three over the last two. Gardner Minshew, 21-41, of 251 yards, had a rushing touchdown. He continues to be serviceable in Anthony Richardson's absence. Minshew though has thrown an interception now in six of his last seven games. So, uh, despite all that, the Colts continue to find ways to win. They score 22 or more points in every game except for that international game over Germany, which nobody scores well in those things. And they find themselves in playoff position under Shane Steichen here. and Nobody really gave much of a chance, myself included, especially after Richardson went down. But they found a way here. The Colts would have the seven seed as of right now, and the remainder of the schedule looks pretty good. Not overly challenging. Titans and Bengals over the next couple of weeks. They both look cooked. The Steelers sit in the 5 seed, and they finally outgained an opponent for the first time all year in a win. Then you get the Falcons and the Raiders, and, you know, both of them are below 500. but don't sleep on AOC. And uh, wouldn't you know this, the Falcons are actually the 4 seed in the NFC right now. That's how bad the South is in the NFC. That's crazy. So looking good for the Colts. Dave Shondell and Purdue Volleyball are going to host this regional here starting on Thursday. Purdue slated to play Fairfield in the first round, 7 p.m. on Thursday. Number 6 seeded Marquette takes on Eastern Illinois. They play at 4.30 on Thursday. Winners from each round meet on Friday, 7 o'clock. All matches streamed on ESPN+. Nice. Tickets are available. They went on sale. I checked a little bit earlier. They still got tickets on sale. Single-session tickets are like 12 bucks. Come on. You can do that. You can get both sessions for 20 I believe. So pick them up. Purdue men's hoops in the new AP poll. Number one, baby. Let's go. The Maui invite champs got all but three first-place votes. One of them went to Arizona at number two. Two of them went to UConn at number uh, three. Four, sorry. Which, come on. So it's Purdue, followed by Arizona, Marquette, UConn, and Kansas. Purdue and Arizona set to play in Indy on December the 16th. Remember, this is the game that's filling in for the um, for the Crossroads Classic, because Indiana wanted you know better matchups, more marquee matchups. It wasn't big enough for them. Well, they beat Harvard yesterday in their replacement in Indy. The first time they covered all season as well. We'll get to them in a second. So yeah, Purdue and you uh, Purdue and Arizona December 16th in Indy. Uh for Purdue, this marks the first time in Big 10 conference history that a Big 10 team has been ranked number 1 in 3 consecutive seasons. Yesterday's action in the Big 10 included VCU upending Penn State 86 to 74, Nebraska 85 to 72 over Cal State Fullerton, and IU needs a 50-point second half performance uh, to beat Harvard 89 to 76. That was close at the half there. And then Sam Fran beat Minnesota 76 to 58. Tonight, Big Ten action. Uh, we'll all be rooting for the Scarlet Knights, sort of, uh, as St. Peter's heads to Biscataway. Scarlet Knights, a 15 and a half point favorite. Wisconsin, a 27 and a half point favorite against Western Illinois in the Kohl Center. And the Northwestern, 13 and a half point favorite. Hosting Northern Illinois, which you know is the Harvard of the Directional Illinois schools, Uh, on Thursday was it Thursday? Faith Christian Athletics Department was Wednesday. Faith Christian's Athletic Department tweeted out that they will move to eleven-man football next season. Also saying to go along with this exciting announcement, our school's been gifted with a new football stadium. That project that's projected to be ready for the twenty twenty-four season. Bulls lost their fourth straight last night, 118-109 on the road in Brooklyn to the Nets. DeMar DeRozan, 27 points. Four of the five starters uh, scored 20 or more points. No one off the bench last night had more than five for the Bulls. Tonight, the Pacers will be in action. They host Portland, 12.5-point favorites over the Trail Blazers. Uh, Blackhawks lost yesterday, the Blues, 4-2. They'll host the Kraken tomorrow night. And after just 11 games, the Panthers have decided to move on. Uh, from Frank Wright, their head coach. Uh, they fired him this morning. I mean, he was fired November 7th last year from the Colts. Didn't make it out of November this year either. Whew. Cold world out there, man. And there you go. That's today's Need to Know news. I did get hit up with uh, volleyball tickets were sold out at ten oh one. There are none unavailable now. Somebody tweeted, but if I went to the site, it had them open. But then again, I didn't try to go through. Uh I didn't try to go through with the sales. So uh, perhaps. I'll try to get more clarification on that. It wouldn't surprise me if it's already sold out, that's for sure. Certainly not. But thank you for the uh, text on the blue fox eating cooling hammerhead hotline. Uh let's look at tonight's uh game here. We've got Monday night football. It's the Bears and it's the Vikings. I left, my, I left my phone upstairs. It had gone to three points in favor of Minnesota. Now, here's the thing. I don't hate the Bears tonight. It's a little bit crazy to say that, but it's true. There are some trends with the spread. Again, it's three points in favor of Minnesota. And the over-under has is, is shifted a lot here throughout the weekend. But we're sitting in 43 and a half. So a couple of trends. First off, after yesterday, favorites on from week 12, 12 and 3 against the spread. There has never been a week during the Super Bowl era in which 13 favorites covered the spread. Which is crazy. Because Chicago won 12-2 against the spread in games where neither team's a four-point favorite. and Most importantly, Chicago's not covered two games in a row since 2021. They're 0-9 in attempts to cover back-to-back games. And they covered last week, even though they blew that game against Detroit. So, I mean, the, these, those against the spread trends are crazy. Both ways. Which kind of scares me a little bit. I might be an over guy here tonight, despite the fact that primetime unders have been huge. I might be an over guy tonight. Bears defense has improved a lot since the first month. Remember, we're dealing with a, a head coach, uh, or I'm sorry, we're dealing with an assistant coach that abruptly left. Eberflus starts calling everything. We're trying to get things figured out. Week one through four, 31st in the league in points allowed, 46% success rate. That was 26th. Since week five, they've dropped that down to 21 points a game, which is back in the mean of the league. They're at 17th. They're up to the 10th in success rate as well. So the defense has gotten better. Forget that old narrative. They're very good against the run, too. I think there's going to be a lot of passing tonight because both these defenses are good against the uh, run. Vikings are 27th in rushing yards per game. Since week five, the Bears excellent on defense, three yards per carry allowed by opponents. Bears also want to generate pressure tonight. Dobbs has been great since he's shown up for Kirk Cousins, but there is a stark contrast in his play under pressure versus clean. And I know for a lot of guys, that's going to be you're expecting a drop off, but not like this. And a clean pocket for Josh Dobbs, 75% completion percentage, 7.6 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no INTs. When he's under pressure, that completion percentage drops to 42%, or almost half the yards per attempt at 4.5. He's got one TD, one INT. So this is what the Bears are going to want to do here, is generate that pass rush and just come after Josh Dobbs. So that's what I'm looking at there. I look, I like the over here because I think both Dobbs Dobbs is gonna get loose with his feet. I think Fields is going to do the same thing because neither one of these teams is gonna be able to run the ball effectively. Primetime unders are sitting at seventy four percent this year. But Bears unders have been pretty bad, right? The Bears have hit the over in twelve and three in Fields' last fifteen starts. 12-3 and three when Justin Fields plays. I like it tonight. I think that both these quarterbacks are going to end up making plays with their feet. I like Fields over 50 yards rushing. You're going to have to bring it back. I think it's crept up like 56. You're going to have to bring it back a little bit. Uh, also, I'm going to roll the dice on a Dobbs anytime touchdown because it's, it's plus 200 right now. And this dude has scored in five straight. So I don't know why you wouldn't take that at 2-1. to So I'm in on that. I also like Jordan Addison's catches. Put this in your parlay. Over four catches, over 40 yards. In the three games with Josh Jobs, Addison has accumulated a 21% target share. Bears defense still 27th in past uh, DVOA. No Justin Jefferson. He has eclipsed these marks in six of six games. I think you like that tonight. So there's some clear angles for you. I'm going to stay away from the spread. Vikings, you can't fade them. 7-3 and three against the spread this season. 2-1 and one is a favorite. But with all those other crazy things about, you know, Chicago doesn't cover back-to-back, but the NFL's never had a week where they've had 13-3 against the spread. I just want to stay away from it. Those are the plays. All right, next, let's talk a little bit of football here. Transfer portal is popping up for Purdue. We'll get you the latest on who has entered the portal for Purdue. Also, Indiana has parted ways with Tom Allen. Who should they be calling? I got a name for them, and I'm actually surprised he's not more on people's radars here. I don't think anybody's mentioned this guy yet. But I think in the new Big Ten, this is the guy that you want to go after if you're Indiana. And if they do, trouble, I think, for Purdue. Either way, I I think this is going to be good for Indiana. Let's talk about that though and how it's going to affect Purdue. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Hammer Down show on 1017, the Hammer and <laughs> Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Uh, I'm Jared Jessalitis. You can always reach out to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead hotline at 765 447 4080. It's 765 447 4080. I got, again, people texted in here. Uh, I, was, I thought there were volleyball tickets available. I was texted that volleyball tickets were not available, but that the Purdue ticket office said that more tickets may become available. Other teams don't buy the allotted ones. Okay. All right. So that's where we're at with that, apparently. So let's go ahead and uh, let's dive into some football here. So Purdue comes home with the bucket. That's amazing. But if you listen to the show on Saturday, you knew this is going to happen, that the transfer portal was going to start to pop off here um, as soon as today. right? Uh, These players have the right. A lot of them grad transfers. Um, It stinks in a lot of cases. Grad transfers are one thing. But it does stink if you've got somebody that's been here for a while. It just, it is what it is. I don't fault players for going into it. Okay. You know, you've got so many years of eligibility that's your life that's your career fans would love you to be loyal and stay here um, but you know that's the only argument that they have it's your life if you feel like that's the best that's fine I don't know the ins and outs of your life but I can tell you jumping from school to school definitely doesn't help I don't think that solves a problem for you but I don't fault guys to say hey listen things have changed here it's not for me anymore you have life events that happen I get it. So yeah, I I don't I never fault these kids for wanting to do that. You want more playing time? Go someplace else. That's fine. When you feel like you can do better? It's better for your career to go someplace else. Okay. I mean, most of us would probably do the same thing. So let's look at exactly what we have. Uh, In the portal as of right now, this is all according to Golden Black. Jumping into the, uh, well, we already knew about uh, Sheffield. Zidnor's in, Mershon Rice is in, Dominic Moon is in, Caius is in. A lot of you guys were not happy with his kicking anyway. Uh, Solomon Kapka's in. Josh Kaltenberger, there's a name that probably frustrates you a little bit. Uh, J.P. Dieter, O.C. Brothers is, uh, again, another name right there. And Prince Boyd on the defensive line. Um, the big area that you did not want to lose guys, I think, and if you're Purdue, this is, this is the next couple of weeks, is convincing your guys to stay. I thought the one place you did not want to see guys fall off was the offensive line because you were already thin there to begin with. And you saw what injuries could do to that line. But that was what Kyle and I talked about this on Saturday. You did not want to see anybody from the offensive line. You thought maybe corner was another place too. Uh, you knew they were going to go hunting in, in the uh, transfer portal for some for some guys. You, you know that was going to happen. Maybe at uh, inside linebacker. Um, quite obviously, you know, offensive line was going to be a big need for them. But you really didn't want to lose anybody on the offensive line, and you don't want to lose. Uh, you know, you, you have two guys at the top of the list in the Big Ten in uh, in tackles for loss. I mean, you can't lose Nick Scorton. You can't lose that guy. That is the anchor of your defense. And I can tell you, there's probably some worry over there that he's getting some phone calls from some places, some people, that there's some feelers out there. I mean, again, two guys right there that you can't lose. And so far, you're doing okay. Now, just because guys go to the portal do not mean that they cannot come back. That is also a thing. But that's where Purdue stands uh, in the portal. And a big decommit today. Danny O'Neill, the Cathedral quarterback, was going to go to Colorado, an Elite 11 guy. He's decommitted from Colorado. Colorado has just lost a quarterback commit for the class of 2024 and the class of 2025. In back to back days. I know a lot of fans jumping on, hey, you know, well, uh, what's going on here? Can we get this guy? That may be a question for another day. Indiana lost a pretty big name, Donovan McCauley, today. I mean, that was pretty big. And, of course, it's a little bit of a different situation in Indiana right now because they have parted ways with... Uh, with Tom Allen, something that we didn't think was going to happen because of the $20 million buyout, which I believe was negotiated down about 15 and a half, something like that. So it's still one of the bigger ones of all time. And that's, quite frankly, bad news for Purdue. Because you have done a great job against Indiana over the last decade. Indiana has not really wrestled away any big targets from you. That's an in-state rival, right? So the fact you've been able to keep them from going, and they've done okay in recruiting. These guys just never pan out. But there's not a lot in football where you can turn around and look at those recruits and say, hey, Indiana stole that guy from us. But a new head coach brings that new threat. Now, whether or not that happens, it remains to be seen. And there's been all this wild speculation about guys that Indiana's going to target and and maybe get. John Gruden was a name that I I think has been debunked since then. And guys' agents are going to throw names out there. I saw a list with Tommy Reese on it. Tommy Reese is not going to leave Alabama with his name and where he's gone already and be a head coach at a bottom team in the Big Ten. That's a... He can hold out and get something better. He'll be fine. Jamarcus Shepard is a name that did come up. Purdue fans may remember. Now, he's out there with DeBoer in Washington. That's a guy who should be getting a call. And that's a guy that I've seen on some lists. But a couple things that I think of when I think of what's going to happen there at Indiana. One, the fact that they're willing to pay that money to get out of Tom Allen means they are willing to spend some money to get somebody competent, uh, somebody with some flash to them, a, a, a name, right? They're willing to spend some money to get a good name here. Because you just don't pay Tom Allen $16 million, seventy, whatever that ends up coming out, to to not coach the team, and then you go and get some, you know, some guy on the downward trajectory of his career, who just needs this to get back in the game. You're you're not going to spend that money on a, a very unproven assistant that you think might have some potential. I mean, you're going to spend some money to get somebody that will perhaps raise an eyebrow or two. Guys that are on the table. Jamarca Shepard is a guy who is on the rise. But for all these names that I've seen, I've not seen my favorite candidate who I think could be a real problem, right? We talked about this uh, with what Purdue has done with Saturday. Uh, Kyle and I just got over this. Of, you know, why you bring in guy, uh, a guy like Ryan Walters. You were trying to do something new because you can't compete dollar or you're not willing to compete dollar for dollar with teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State in football, and then, of course, teams that are coming in like USC, Oregon, right? You have to have something different. You have to be able to offer something different, whether that be a certain type of offensive defensive style, youth and energy, a vibe. You need to figure out something. And right now, youth, energy, athleticism, a vibe are not things that you put in there with Indiana. And I think there's a guy out in the uh, Mountain West, right? That I think can could turn some heads and could work out here in the Big Ten. And he was the guy I had on my list for the Purdue job, but I thought maybe he was a stop or two shy of being there. And that is UNLV offensive coordinator Brendan Marion. Take a look at what they have done over the last year here in terms of how they've improved the offense with his go-go style, which is great. By the way, Google that, go and Google that, uh, Brendan Marion, because he was an offense coordinator at Howard, where he cut his teeth with this. And it's an impressive type of concept. We always value Joe Tiller when he brought the spread offense here and just how much he changed the Big Ten. I'm not saying it's going to revolutionize anything, but is it it's exciting offensive football, which is something that you can sell to recruits. Last season, UNLV, five and seven, they were three and five in the conference. They spit out 215 yards passing per game and 137 yards rushing per game for a total of maybe what is it 350 some odd yards this year. Now Barry Odom's taken over, hired Marion. You're sitting at nine and three and in in six and two in the Mountain West. 236 yards a game through the air, 187 yards rushing. You're scoring way more. You're up to 35 points a game. That's almost 10 more points than they scored last year per game. He's come in here and done that. I like his stops. He's really worked his way up through the coaching ranks. A guy who got drafted by Miami, played at Tulsa, got drafted by Miami. Blew out the ACL, started uh, very small uh, college and high school ranks, got on at Arizona, Howard, William and Mary, Hawaii, Pitt, Texas, was the pass game coordinator, wide receivers coach in 2022. And now look what he's done in UNLV. And he's a Broyles Award semifinalist. I mean, if I'm Indiana, that's a guy I'm calling. He, and if you, before you say, and I thought maybe maybe he's going to be too high a prospect for them. The guy just interviewed for San Diego State. You mean, tell me if you're Indiana, you got the Big Ten deal and everything too, uh, and if you're going to throw some money at, at a high-valued assistant, that you can't outbid San Diego State football? You should be able to. That's the guy I would be calling. But whoever they do get, I'm telling you this, they are going to put some money in there because if you're willing to pay $16, $17 million to get Tom Allen out of there, you're willing to pay somebody better to come in. Otherwise, you would just keep Tom Allen. So they got the financial backing to do this. We'll see with what they go, but they should, they should try the same thing Purdue did. Somebody young, innovative, roll the dice with that and try to offer recruits something different with the playing time. Then you're going to get Michigan... Penn State, Oregon, USC. You have the ability to do that apparently. So yeah, they they need to find somebody to bring some exciting offensive football back down there. Cause this is boring as all get out right now. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back. Hey, I got plenty more of the hammer down show waiting for you next time. Hammerdown shows on 1017thehammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselias. Good to have you here. Purdue basketball up to number one in the latest AP poll. That's where you like to see them. They will be the first Big Ten team in the history of the Big Ten to be ranked number one in three consecutive seasons. That's crazy that that hasn't happened. Purdue gets all of the number one votes in the coaches poll. Uh, does not get all of them in the AP poll because there's always got to be one or two guys that swear they know better. I mean, you just can't beat three top 10 teams in three days and expect <laughs> you should be the number one team in the country unanimously. Brother. It's so bad. So, one for Arizona, two for UConn. I don't know what these guys are watching. But I can tell you this. Go to the Ken Palm rankings, and they'll tell you exactly uh, what the uh, opponent offense and uh, defense and the strength of schedules are. Okay? So, for UConn, uh, average opponent offense ranks 353rd for Arizona 238. Defense for Connecticut, 314, Arizona, 263. Purdue average offense, 13th, average defense, 6th. But sure, why not? Like, everybody's entitled to have their opinion. But I, I asked myself after all of that, like what more what more can Purdue do for you till so you, you put them number one? I mean, please tell me, what, what are we holding what are we holding against Purdue? Wins over Sanford and Morehead State. We're, we're we're gonna because they scheduled them. They're not the number one team in the country. I did Purdue cover all three of those games too in uh, in Maui. I, I what's going on? What's what's the problem? Are we really gonna have voters that are gonna hold last year against them? I don't know. But the Big Ten itself is getting somewhat interesting here. Like, Ray Davis tweeted this out, and I thought this was exactly where your mind's probably at right now with Big Ten basketballs. You know Purdue's number one. Who the heck is number two? Now, Nebraska's making themselves a little bit of a case. But they really still haven't played any... I'll, I'll reserve Nebraska uh, speculation until after they play Creighton next week. I don't hate them yet. They may still just be a thorn in your side, and they're definitely not in the top tier with Purdue. Purdue's in its own tier. But there's got to be one or two teams, maybe three teams, in that second tier. And I'm not sure where it's at. I still like I still think Illinois has got a good high ceiling. You know, you have the one loss at home to Marquette. But again, I look at the wins and I say, uh, that's nice. But, like, they're not exactly tough teams. But you watch them play and you think, okay. Two teams you had for dead, Ohio State and Wisconsin. And then all of a sudden... Uh, you're eating turkey, and you're like, hold on a second. Ohio State just beat Alabama? Where the heck did that come from? I mean, that came out of nowhere. Right, that was a team that struggled to beat Oakland. And then you get Wisconsin. Where the heck did this come from? Lost by double digits against Providence? Against Tennessee? And then they turn around and just absolutely stomped a top 25 team in Virginia, 65-41. to 41. So, you know, your, your bearings are all off on there. Hey, congratulations to the Hoosiers. They covered for the first time all season with that uh, huge victory over Harvard, which took, you know, that was a one-point game. They were down one point at the half. 50 points in the second to close that one away. I still think where, again, 28 points, I'm telling you, that guy's going to get better and better, and his team will get better as it goes on. But, yeah, you know, they're not in that second tier. Iowa's not in that second tier. They can't play defense. Michigan, well, that's not going anywhere. We thought maybe for a second that had a little bit of potential. They got smacked by Texas Tech over the break. I think Northwestern has some potential to be in that second tier. Now, they took their first loss against Mississippi State. Again, really don't have any impressive wins yet. But we'll find out here on Saturday when uh, they play Purdue. We'll find out then. They get that game at home, too. So we'll find out a little bit more about them. But I mean, you know, Penn State, Minnesota, Maryland, see you later. Michigan State sitting at three and three, and you just look around going, What's what the heck? These guys are supposed to be loaded, I thought. Can't hang your hat on wins over southern Indiana, Butler, and Alcorn State. But, you know, they do lose to a good Duke team. They do lose to a really good Arizona team. You got to wait until, you know, January, mid-January for Michigan to find it, Michigan State to find itself. Now, Rutgers lingers out there in the distance. They had that opening loss to Princeton, but then they rattled off four straight again against nobody. They'll play St. Peter's tonight. Let's see how they do against Illinois at home. There's another game I'll watch this weekend that'll give me a very good gauge about where they're at. But really, the only thing you know for sure is Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten. Illinois is the only other ranked team in the Big Ten. How does this sort itself out? I think you have Purdue. And I think you go like an Illinois, Northwestern. Maybe Wisconsin. Yeah. But probably there's a line there, and then you get Wisconsin, you get Ohio State in there, you probably get Rutgers in there. Then you got basically everybody else outside of Penn State, Maryland, and Minnesota. Although Minnesota maybe it's on its own at the very, very bottom. But those are the tiers right now in the Big Ten. But exciting stuff because we got Big Ten play coming up this week. Don't forget, we'll have the Boiler Basketball show you uh, for you on Friday. Jeff Julik and myself. and Of course, Alan Karpik guests on that. Nate Barrett guests on that. You don't want to miss out on that. It's after the Hammerdown show on Fridays. So, interesting week in the Big Ten here. We're going to take another break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap it up. Things we may have missed. The guy did it again. He won it again. Dylan Thienemann, man. He's something. Let's talk about that as we wrap up with things we missed and more next on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammerdown Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 TheHammer.com. I'm your host, Jared Jessalatz. Thanks for tuning in here for an hour of local sports talk. Uh, a lot going on tomorrow, right? I believe tomorrow is the uh, tip-off for the uh, boys' uh, IU Health Hoops Classic. Whew. So we got a lot of stuff going on tomorrow, too. All right, I want to get into some of the things that we may have missed. A lot of weekly awards just came out, and uh, Purdue dominating. Uh, Purdue is, uh, or Zach Eady is the Big Ten Men's Basketball Player of the Week. (coughs) He got that because uh, he averaged 25.3 points, 13 rebounds, two block shots per game uh, over at the Maui Invitational. Three consecutive games, at least 20 and 10. That's the 7th Career Player of the Week award. So congratulations to him. Taylor Anderson. She is your Big Ten uh, Setter of the Week. Didn't win freshman, but Setter of the Week. Led the Big Ten in Week 14 with 11.5 assists per set. Congratulations to her. And there goes that man again. Dylan Thieneman, the Freshman of the Week again. Two interceptions, sets a new school record for interceptions by a freshman, set at six. Led the Boilermaker defense with a team-high eight tackles, all solo. That breaks Rod Woodson's school record for solo tackles in a single season. Woodson had 67. Thienemann finishes with 74. His first multi-interception game of his career, and first for any Boilermaker this season, and they basically just need to name the award after him. He's been absolutely on fire this year and has earned what was up whipped like five for him. Five. I don't think anybody's ever had five. Have they? Cuz we did this when he got four and no defensive player had ever gotten four. That's just so insane. They told you he was going to be good, didn't they? I told you this was going to be a Nick in season, didn't I? Look, for all the ups and downs of that season, and you take a look at how many teams are going bowling uh, on that uh, schedule that you had, the way you finished up the season, the Northwestern game aside, because you know you don't have your starting quarterback, and you do not have your uh, best defensive player. I think all things aside there, that's a pretty strong finish. Portal will probably look worse than it's going to be, but we told you about the guys they absolutely have to keep and the position that you don't want to lose guys at, and that's offensive line. So I don't think there's been any updates to the Portal uh, since we got started here with the show, I ran them down for you here. Prince Boy was the last guy that I saw jump in there, so that's where we're at right now. We'll see. Maybe that changes more tomorrow. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. But if it does, we'll, uh, we'll let you know, all right? All right, don't forget we're on the over tonight for Monday Night Football. We're over Justin Fields, over 50 yards rushing. We like Jordan Addison, over... His or uh, four plus receive or four plus receptions and over forty yards receiving. I think this is an overnight here, and I'll tell you this: I don't hate taking the Bears plus three tonight. I just don't. That defense has gotten better. I think both quarterbacks are going to make uh, plays with their feet here tonight. And we talked about the importance of generating a pass rush on Josh uh, on Josh Dobbs because the numbers just really really drop off when he's under pressure. So yeah, I think they're going to bring the house a lot on him tonight. We'll see what happens. That does it for the show today. Uh, tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll get you ready for the Hoops Classic. We'll talk a little bit about that and see if we can get Sam King on tomorrow too uh, and try to make that happen. We also got Purdue basketball tomorrow night taking on Texas Southern. Uh, we'll get you all the latest that you need to know for that one as well. We'll keep you updated with what's going on in the portal. And uh, so much more stuff's going to be happening tomorrow. So make sure you tune in back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We will talk local sports with you all hour long. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys chiming in, as always, on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We'll run it back again tomorrow at 3 o'clock for the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 The Hammer. Uh, dot com. I'm just going to keep on talking for another six seconds so I can hit my mark. It's one of those Mondays. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. We'll see you back here.